Well, hey, fans of Biblical Genetics, thank you for tuning in. I'm very happy to report that this is a milestone. This is an even dozen, my 12th episode of the Biblical Genetics podcast. I had a trip up to Buffalo and had a great time. I spoke at several really, really nice ch uh, churches. I met some fantastic people. I'm some friends of mine for life now, one person in particular. While I was up there, I had a chance just to go visit Niagara Falls. And I had never been there. I grew up in New York on the other end of New York on Long Island, but I'd never been to Niagara Falls before. And so I took off on a Sunday morning uh, before I went to this church and I stood there and I actually had the entire park to myself. I was the only person there for about 15 minutes and that was just bizarre. I mean, one of the most iconic places in the world and it was all mine. But my footage turned out terrible. Really, really, really bad. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't realize it, but the microphone, my lapel mic, was being overwhelmed by the bass drumming of the falls. And so all I heard was... <laughs> And so all of my audio was destroyed. I, I was listening to it later on and I realized that my cell phone audio was just fine. Which is weird because I've never been able to use the audio on my cell phone before. It always has wind noise and it always has a really poor reception. But for some very strange reason, known only, only to audio engineers, not to someone like me, the sound quality of a cell phone four feet away from my head with a giant waterfall in the background was much superior to a lapel mic six inches away from my face. After I realized this, I, I recovered, put out this video, very happy to show it. Now this is a really short video. It's only, it's less than six minutes long. And the reason for that is that I was wet, cold, really cold. And there was a lot of people around. I'm still a little bashful about doing this in public, especially back you know, months ago, I'm probably more bold now than I was then, but you know, I'm just starting here. You see, I'm much more of an introvert than you might think. Even though I love talking to people and I love talking on video, I, I do have some issues talking to people in public. And so when people are hanging around me and I'm trying to v video myself, it's kind of like, what do I say? And I kept stumbling over myself. So I, I trimmed out a lot of material. You know, fair enough. It's a public place. It's not like I'm going to monopolize Niagara Falls. But I am standing there with my video camera and I'm talking and people keep like walking right next to me or, or talking right next to me. And I don't know, if I was near someone doing a video, I would give them a little bit of space at least. The main gist of what I'm trying to get at is something very interesting in the world of science today, and that is we have too much information right now in genetics. There's a lot of pet theories that have been destroyed by the accumulation of new knowledge, especially in the field of genetics. I mean, the whole out of Africa model is wrestling greatly because, well, we know that we've interbred with Neanderthals and with Denisovans. And now they say there's Neanderthal DNA in Africa. Now they say that ancient Africans intermarried with some other archaic Homo sapiens, or maybe not even Homo sapiens. And, and so the whole story is totally up in the air right now. And there's so much information that no single person has a handle on all of it, which is really cool. I mean, really, really, really amazing. Because as I said in the video, this is probably the first time in history that we have more data than we have theory. Now this isn't a very biblical show here on Biblical Genetics. This particular episode is, is just information. Cool information about massive sequencing projects that have cost us billions of dollars. Oh, and I have a big announcement too. You see, my podcast that you're now listening to is finally up. I've got it loaded onto multiple different uh, podcast streaming platforms. I'm very, very happy about this. It was actually easier than I thought. And my, my website's been redesigned and redeployed. So if you want some help with this, if you're just getting into this, or if you've got a website that you want redesigned, I've got a guy for you. Send me a note and I'll point you to the right direction. Now, he was fantastic. I can't believe what an excellent job he did. I'm very happy with the way my website looks. It's beautiful. It's easy to navigate. It's easy for me to uh, load new episodes and things like that. So I've got a guy.
Along with my website redesign and my launch of my podcast, I've also turned on a support feature on biblicalgenetics.com. It's really simple. It's called Buy Me a Coffee. It's just a little icon, a little coffee cup hovering there on each of the pages. And if you click on there, you'll see you can just you know drop a couple dollars in the hat just as, as a way of showing your support and your love for biblical genetics. There's also an option there for monthly support or even annual support. Now, I haven't worked out all the kinks on that uh, because I'm just starting here. I haven't decided what kind of benefits I should offer to people who are my monthly or my annual supporters. So if you want to do that, or if you have some ideas of, of what you might want to see if you are a monthly supporter, send me a, a note. Tell me what you want to see. Tell me what you're going to hear. Tell me, what you, tell me how you would like to be part of this community. I'm really, really interested in, in building a network of people who love genetics, who love the Bible, who love history, genealogy, archaeology, all of the sorts of things. I want to connect with you, and I want to build a little family of people who um, really want to dig deeply into some of these fantastic and fascinating topics. Now, I do understand that so far on this show, I haven't done a lot of Bible. Now, I've dropped hints here and there, okay, but I haven't actually done a show on, this is what the Bible says about X, and this is what we see in genetics or in history or something like that. But those, those are coming. Those are coming really soon. What I'm trying to do here is burn through some of the filming that I did in late 2019 and early 2020 before the coronavirus episode. I'm practicing filmmaking. I'm learning a lot. I'm practicing audio engineering. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning about podcasting and I'm learning about YouTube shows. And after I get all of this material done, I've got about five more episodes, I think. Then I'm going to sit down. I'm going to go find a nice place outside near where I live. I don't have to travel anywhere. And I'm just going to discuss some really cool and interesting things in the Bible. Like, you know, how do we get 7 billion people? Or can we explain the genes in the 7 billion people if we start with only two people? Or would humanity have gone extinct during all the inbreeding at, after Noah's flood? All sorts of questions like that are coming. I've still got some papers that I'm writing now for the Journal of Creation. Um, I'm hoping to present at the Creation Research Society conference this summer in Tennessee, but I'm not sure if it's going to go because of coronavirus. It's supposed to be the first week in August. I'm kind of assuming it's going to be canceled, but I don't know. I'm also going to do some filming in Egypt. Yes, because Creation Ministries International is doing a tour of Egypt this fall, we're starting in the end of August and going all through September, and I'm going to be there for 20 days on two different tours. And I cannot tell you how, how excited I am about this trip, but I also get to do some really cool filming and audio recording in some really, really cool places. And there will be aspects of genetics to talk about in those locations also, because the Bible, you remember, has a lot to say about the country of Egypt. Anyway, I'm going to turn you over now to a five-minute uh, little thing I did at Niagara Falls. I hope you enjoy this. Uh, this is talking about the overwhelming nature of modern genetic data. Welcome to Biblical Genetics. I'm your host, Dr. C. Coming at you today from Niagara Falls. I'm actually on the American side. Behind me, you see American Falls. Niagara Falls is just over there. This is an amazing place. I've never actually been here before. So I'm excited. It's kind of cold. It's early November. It's rainy. You can see I'm wearing a hat. In fact, my hands are, are, are icing. But hey, it's worth being outside and it is worth exploring God's world because God has created some amazing things. And you know what? Niagara Falls is an amazing place. 
but I'm not here to talk about water. I'm actually going to use this as a bridge into a very interesting thing. You see, we might be at a unique place in history, world history, where we all of a sudden have more data than we have theory. What I mean is data, I mean genetic data. It's like if I had a cup of water and you gave me one cup of water per year and I could study that cup of water all year long, what do I be missing? Is all the water flowing behind me for the year. That's what it's like to be a geneticist in today's world. There's too much to study. We don't know where to start. We don't know where to go. And you can spend time doing this and then you miss everything else. So what we try to do is give you 10,000 foot view, have a lot of fun on biblical genetics. You've heard me talk about the Human Genome Project. That was completed way back in 2003. And honestly, that's back in the dark ages of genetics. Everything has changed since then. I mean, that cost the US taxpayers $3 billion. It took about 10 years. That's about a dollar per letter. I mean, that is crazy. Another massive genetic sequencing project is called the HapMap Project. They take a shortcut. Instead of sequencing the entire genome, they only looked at um, letters that vary between people. And they looked at a couple of million letters that are found at a greater than 1% frequency in the human population. It was a milestone. We could tell so much interesting things about the human race from that. That was completed in 2009. But even that is nothing compared to what we have today. Next up is what's called the Thousand Genomes Project. The US government decided to sequence a thousand human genomes. Actually, they did about 2,000 human genomes. But there's a problem with it. Same problem with the, the first human genome project. That is, it's low quality. In order to sequence a genome, remember a couple episodes ago, I talked about um, having to sequence 300 letters at a time. You do a lot of things, a lot of sequences, then you line them up. And as you line them up, you can actually construct a genome sequence. Well, back in the day, that's how they did it. And even a thousand genomes, it's light sequencing. It's maybe 15-fold coverage or something like that. In the good parts, the Y chromosome, which I like to study, with a lot lower coverage. It's actually frustrating because, well, the error rate in the data is still high enough that I can't quite trust every single letter. So I look at it as like, is this a mutation rate from one person to the next? Or is it an error rate inherent in the data? So moving on from the Thousand Genomes Project, which was completed in 2015, another amazing thing is called the Simons Genome Diversity Project. They look at 260 different people from 127 different populations and they sequence them to a very high quality. That is fantastic. I actually have the Y chromosome data from Simons. I've been using it. I've been studying it. It's really good stuff. I'm so happy that we finally moved away from the old-fashioned light sequencing that we had for about 15 years. Next up, after the Thousand Genomes Project, is the Hundred Thousand Genomes from the from the UK. It's a, a medically informative uh, thing. They're trying to do precision medicine by sampling 100,000 people's genomes. That's really, really cool. But that's nothing because the US government has launched the All of Us Project. They're trying to sample one million human genomes. In fact, you can sign up for that program if you want. Submit your DNA. In fact, just, just recently, I, I um, came across a paper. They looked at 690 very high-quality genomes around the world. And from just this week, 5,000 genomes from Singapore. Only Singapore. 5,000 genomes. This is nuts. I mean, give me that cup again. Give me a thousand lifetimes. I can only sample what's in my cup. That would take me 5,000 years and I would not even touch the data we have now. But you know, the data we have 
are challenging a lot of our assumptions of human history. Especially after you throw in ancient DNA, which again is low quality, but it does tell us a lot about human nature, human ancestry. Ancient DNA is another thing that's completely changing everything we understand. Now that we've done a lot of sampling in large populations, we're starting to tap into the smaller isolated populations. And those groups are gonna tell us a lot more about human history than we even know now. Because it's nice to sample Europeans or Han Chinese, but what about some of the minority groups that live in some isolated regions? That's gonna be fascinating. I can't wait. I love genetics. I love studying this stuff. You know what, right now I'm really wet, I'm getting cold, so I'm gonna sign off. This is a lot of fun. Have a great time. I'll see you soon as we dig into some more, let's say biblical aspects of biblical genetics. Don't forget to like our videos. Don't forget to share us. Don't forget to follow us. If you follow us on YouTube, make sure you follow through and click on the bell so that you get notified of new episodes. But until then, Biblical Genetics is there for you. Creation.com is there for you. I'm here for you. Send me a message. I want to answer your questions. Have a great day. Goodbye.